This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. Hello, everyone, and welcome into a very somber episode of Finsider Radio. As many of you know, over the weekend, we got news that one of our very own, Brian Byrne, had passed away. Brian was the creator of the Dad Joke of the Day, which brought joy to the lives of so many, and the founder of the Fin Addicts Network. Brian Byrne has passed away at the age of 43. He leaves behind his young daughter, Cece, and his wife, Brooke. There's a GoFundMe account started that we will link within the article, but Jake, this news really hits home to a lot of folks especially all the lives that he touched on Dolphins Twitter. Uh, you know, after I heard about this, the uh, first reaction is always shocking something like this. And uh, I went and I looked at Brian's profile, and it said he didn't join Twitter until 2008. And, and that right there kind of blew my mind a little bit because that means, you know, I've known him for, well, three years-ish. And I can think he, he got us into the Jason Taylor uh, poker game. Uh, he hosts fantasy football leagues. He just became such an important part of Dolphins Twitter so quickly. And, and that just kind of goes to set, show how uh, nice, funny, you mentioned the dad jokes of the day, this this guy was. And, you know, for all the, you know, arguing Dolphins Twitter has, you know, there, there's a reason people do it, right? There's, there's a good side, you know, for all the times uh, the Dolphins lose and, and struggle, we go through that for hopefully having the wins and the successes and, this is tough because, you know, for all the smiles, you know, Brian gave, that's what kind of makes this, you know, a lot tougher to uh, really accept. Yeah, and it is so hard. And, I mean, Brian, like you said, we were very close with him. He got us into that Jason Taylor uh, poker tournament. He was so upset when I think I bought back in after I went all in <laughs> early. I'll never forget how upset that made him. But, you know, it, it just speaks, again, like you said, to the testament of just some of these relationships that you build, whether it be through, you know, writing or through Twitter, whatever it is. Brian, like you said, was on Twitter for a little less than three years. And I mean, I remember talking to him almost daily and just, you know, he'd pick our brain about things. And, you know, he 
continued to tell me how much I, you know, meant to him, but I don't think he ever knows how much he meant to me. And I mean, he really would try to push me to go above and beyond and do things that I never expected, whether that mean Chris Chambers, he was doing an interview with him or, or Ricky Williams or all these things. I mean, Jake, you know, I'm just, uh, I don't want to say I'm a hermit or just kind of in a box, but I am. And, and he tried to get me outside of that. He would always ask me. And I said it, he would give you the shirt off his back. So, I mean, this, this is a dagger and it's not just so much that we lost Brian, but just to think about, you know, his daughter and just the family that he leaves behind. And that's why, you know, the GoFundMe is so important. So we will absolutely put that in the article, but, um, you know, we've had a few days to sit here and stew on it, but you know, it's not, nothing's going to bring back Brian, but you know, the legacy that he left behind, I think, you know, that's kind of, uh, what can kind of bring a smile to my face anyways, knowing that when his daughter gets older, that she'll be able to look back and see those dad jokes and see some of the things that he did that made him such an awesome person. So, um, uh, I miss you, Brian. And, you know, uh, I don't know what else to say. And the, I guess the most impressive thing about him is, you know, everything you just said, it's how easily he did it, right? You know, how easily he made you feel comfortable, how easily his, you know, dad jokes came off of, even when he uh, was doing his show, you know, everything, he seemed so comfortable in everything he was doing. And, you know, he was uh, a very, very great guy to be around. So so we're going to miss him. But Josh, I mean, we think of Dolphins Twitter really as two things, depending on how much time you spend in it. Uh, partially kind of just like an echo chamber to yell about uh, quarterbacks and yell about mock drafts. Uh, but, but then there's the other part of it. And I think we've kind of experienced that firsthand. The, you know, I've, I've met a lot of people, you know, Matthew Kanata, the old host of the show. I interned for him, uh, for him uh, when I was finishing up my master's degree. Uh, you know, it's just interesting to see how these relationships evolve. And, you know, it starts with people you don't even know. I mean, I met Sutton randomly at a Jets game. Uh, we, we met up and, the list can kind of go on and on here where it's 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 the internet but at the end of the day it, it's a little more than that i agree and one of my good one of the listeners to the show and a guy that you know i consider again good friends at lane you know he said kind of facebook's for those people and you know it was a joke facebook's for those people that you're kind of trying to get rid of in your life you know twitter's where you're starting to form these friendships and these bonds that you know truly will life last a lifetime like you said you interned for Kanadi. you know well, we're dolphin fans out of town but just the relationships that we build i mean this is a prime example and um, I want to read a poem that was, again, a Dolphins Twitter. I mean, you can see the outpour and just how much he meant to him. Um, this comes from William Turnbull, a.k.a. at Bill from Boynton. So that's Bill from Boynton. We'll post his uh, we'll post this um, poem on the in the article. But it says, what is the measure of a person? Is it a tally of rights and wrongs? Is it how wealthy they were or their celebrity status? Life is fleeting. Mistakes are human. The trials and tribulations are but pathways along the road of life. Whether we continue the journey is the true mark of a person. Struggle and strife are but scars on our timeline. Happiness and joy are celebrations that we hold dear. The good always outweighs the bad. When a person not only learns from their past, but then uses that knowledge to assist others, they have ascended beyond being a person and are examples of humanity and benevolence. Humans are not pure. We are all flawed. What we can be is the real question. What we aspire to be is the dream. Brian had many adjectives. Son, brother, Father, uncle, husband, dolphin fan, and a giant in the recovery community. He brought people together with his smile, with his dad joke of the day, with his inner light. Brian had a sparkle in his eyes, and I'm not ashamed to say that I miss him. Life is fleeting. Death is inevitable. Some are taken too soon. Brian had more to do. The heartache will subside, but the memories will remain. I believe the measure of a man is how many he touched while here. Brian touched many. We may not have shook his hand, but we felt his presence. I'm sure he's in the clouds making angels laugh.
So, I, I mean, I honestly don't think you could put it better into words just how much, uh, you know, Brian met to all Dolphins Twitter. And, well, yeah, that, that was uh, very strongly put, perfectly put. Uh, we'll be sure to link that in the story as well. But, uh, Josh, I got to tell you that uh, I, I think Brian, you know, would, would kind of – he'd want us to, you know, do what Dolphins Twitter does best, and that's yell about mock drafts. Uh, so, so let's take a quick break, and on the other side, we need to have a talk about how Dolphins uh, Twitter bullied Peter Schrager into another universe. So stay tuned for that. Uh, Brian, rest in peace, buddy. We're certainly going to miss you. Rest in peace, man. We love you. This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hip Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Josh, we're, we're two weeks away from the NFL draft, and the biggest news of the week is that Dolphins Twitter is loaded with a bunch of absolute bullies. Uh, Peter Schrager of Good Morning Football and a sideline reporter for Fox had the Dolphins taking Rashawn Slater, uh, the tackle, in his mock draft. Uh, Sowell and Pitts uh, were both still on the board. And uh, I was actually watching Good Morning Football the day this came out. And when he released it, uh, Peter went through this huge uh, thing saying, you know, he doesn't just do this because this is from information he, uh, from people he's talked to, uh, from different things he's heard around the league, and that he only does two mock drafts a year. You know, he's not kind of pumping them out, uh, you know, once every two weeks like Mel Kuyper does, and he goes ridiculous, like trading back up to number four. We'll talk about that in a couple of minutes, I guess. Already making me mad. I'm sorry. But then, the you know, two days later, Schrager comes back on, and he's just talking about how Dolphins Twitter bullied him over the fact they took Slater, how, uh, you know, it, it's this outrageous thing. Who would ever do this? It's so stupid. And Josh, as someone who, I, you know, I just had my mock draft go out and I read all the comments on that. Uh, the one thing that blows my mind is people who say, um, you know, this would never happen, right? And and what comes to my mind is, well, I mean, it's a mock draft. Like, I can't say, like, no, like, you, this automated team has to pick this player because otherwise this won't happen. Like, that's the point of a mock draft is to see how dominoes fall. I understand, like, it's not always going to go uh, the, the cleanest direction. You might see something ridiculous, like a Najee Harris drops to, like, the middle of the second round. Uh, for some example like that, a Devonta Smith somehow makes it to, you know, 20, whatever it may be. But those things happen. That's what the point of mock drafts are uh, about. So when I saw everyone yelling about Schrager, I, I'm kind of, you know, through a, kind of rolled my eyes a little bit where that's just a little ridiculous, like, we want people to do these mock drafts. We all talk about these mock drafts. Why do we need to do it in such a way where uh, we can't only disagree with someone, but we have to be mad about it? Yeah, and it, you know, it kind of goes even to the same thing you can say with draft rumors. You know, when you see a draft rumor come out and it, you know, is in line with what some of these fans want, 
fans love it. You know, they respect it and they're retweeting it from every rooftop. You know, we absolutely believe in this mock draft. We believe in this rumor. But when it goes against what a, a fan base or what uh, like Dolphins Twitter believes in, I mean, you see the outpour. I mean, to sit there and pass on Kyle Pitts for Rashawn Slater, I mean, it, I would be upset. I mean, I think you would be upset. But would you, like you said, put it past the Miami Dolphins? You know, a team that we've seen time and time again, you know, do the unorthodox thing. And, you know, we know how important they feel that offensive linemen we've seen them draft how many in the past jake i mean would you really be that shocked if they went with the you know quote unquote maybe sure thing to solidify that offensive line it wouldn't shock me but i just think it's hilarious how um you know again i respect peter schrager i do think he's one of the better reporters out there but um it's crazy how much the dolphins twitter bullied him and you know i can imagine how uh, you know, bad some of those tweets were because he was reading some of off and you, you could sit there and laugh about them. But, some you know, like you out. said, yeah, you, I was going to say, you know, like you like you said, from the mock drafts that you do or even maybe just a, a take that you have that just doesn't go with what other people believe. I mean, it's ruthless. So um, this is the good and bad of Dolphins Twitter. And, you know, they're going to ride and die together. But um, if we sit there and we watch on draft night, the Dolphins take uh, any, you know, even Sewell or, or Slater, either of those guys over a Pitts, Chase or Smith. This fan base is going to be mad. Yeah, and it kind of goes, like, instead of just instantly getting mad about the pick, I, I started to try to think about where Schrager was coming from and the fact that he's talking to a bunch of different people. It's not like he just did this just because, you know, he's hearing reports, uh, you know, probably a couple things. One, that Sewell isn't the top tackle, which we've heard. And number two, that the Dolphins are interested in an offensive lineman. And to kind of put things into perspective here, uh, Peter Schrager brought this up, the 2020 NFL Draft. Uh, Andrew Thomas at four, Jedrick Wills and Mikai Becting at 10 and 11, Ruggs at 12. There were three tackles taken before the first receiver, let alone tight end. It's just the value of the position is greater. And, you know, our old our old pal, Mike Tannenbaum, you know, former Pittsfield Mets, where I live, intern, uh, brought up another great point. The wide receiver class of 2020 is largely lived up to the hype, while when a record-setting 13 wide receivers were taken in the first two rounds of the draft. So it's not like we, you can use the excuse there that, you know, the wide receiver talent wasn't the same. The wide receivers that came out last year, there are some absolute monsters in that class. So the idea that the tackles go first, when we look at history, kind of makes sense a little bit. And I think, too, we have to put uh, to the thought at the front of the table, man, that these are mock drafts. If they were all exactly the same, this would be the most boring two months ever, but instead we get all worked up about uh, who we think's going where, and then draft night comes and we forget about all that, and it's on to a whole nother topic. It is, and you, you know what the funniest part is? Everyone says it's clickbait, but everyone clicks them. I mean, I think exactly. I sat there and I wrote an article about Schrager's mock draft and it, i mean i think it almost had 10,000 views on the site i mean people go absolutely bananas over mock drafts and it's crazy but you know i make that joke and eventually i'll get a shirt mock drafts are like buttholes everyone has them so there's no reason to be upset about it. there's no reason to attack a peter schrager who you know from the most part is you know again one of the most respected analysts out there but uh, i guess this just again speaks volumes to what the dolphins doing like you said even back act history up you know he said at this pick you know history suggested it could be an offensive lineman and um you know do you really think an Austin Jackson and Hunt and what those guys did last year is that enough to to keep the Dolphins from drafting a Slater or Soul? I mean I don't know if it is and you know just to move to a different uh mock draft and something that's being talked about a little bit more recent um Jake Mel Kuyper uh, in his re recent mock draft I think it was posted yesterday on the Finsider he had the Dolphins trading up to 
four with the Atlanta Falcons <laughs> giving up a second and a third round pick. He said that maybe they would have to give up more. Like maybe this could be a first round pick that they have to give up to move up two spots to get a player that they were already in position to get. So, um, Jake, again, this is the guy that maybe Dolphins Twitter should be bullying because that doesn't make any Bad. sense for me, no, no matter how much you like Kyle Pitts. So try to talk me. So try to talk me through that one because that that does not make sense, dude. I don't think I can walk you through that one. That he Mel Kuyper just took a bunch of names and, and, and uh, verbs, threw it against the wall, and figured out that it was the Dolphins trading up for Kyle Pitts. And you know, I think that we're all starting to feel that we want the Dolphins to take Pitts. He's a physical freak. Uh, but to kind of look at both Kuiper and Schrager, what they're doing here, Kuiper, he's done his, like, that's like his fifth mock draft. So at this point, he's got to be doing crazy things um, just for the sake of, we you can't be similar. Like, it's not like, yep, I really locked down these first 10 picks. I'm just going to keep these the same for the next five drafts. No, because he just got a bunch of clicks by saying that they're trading up for Kyle Pitts. And one thing I do think is interesting is uh, you look at what the Dolphins did last year. I think, like, the last month before the draft, we were, you know, panicking a little bit. Like, is, is Tua not the guy anymore? Is it Justin Herbert? Are the Dolphins going to take an offensive lineman? Like, the sense started coming from all different directions there. And, and this is kind of what's happening now, isn't it? Like, the fact that it was Devonta Smith for so long, all of a sudden, you know, we have people like Peter Schrager who are obviously listening to people in the league. And there's a scent coming out that maybe the Dolphins are going to go with the lineman. Mal Kuyper has him training up for the tight end. I think this is exactly what we want. We want the, you know, the league, we want us, we want these mock drafters to have absolutely no idea what the Dolphins are going to do. And I think that's probably my biggest takeaway here from uh, everything I've read. Yeah, and we we don't. I mean, that's the Dolphins of the past, right, where everything's just kind of like a leaky ship and things just get out. Jake, one more thing before we wrap this up, because I think I have an article that's going live on the Finsider in about seven minutes. But um, you mentioned on a previous podcast and you said, um, maybe it's just, you know, PTSD or what it is, but oh, Kyle boy, Pitts, know you know, yes. And I went to mockdraftable.com who does this awesome stuff. They they have like a nice spider chart. They break down, you know, height, weight, the different things there. Bullied. You are so yeah. about to get people the, bullied. <laughs> well, well, yeah, this is going to be bad. Well, they have three players and they project very similar to three of the draft's top prospects that project very similar to some of the Dolphin busts. Let me just run them down the list to you, Jake. Najee Harris compares to Kalen Balaj. And again, he didn't do many of those drills, but this was all from a physical standpoint. And then some of these other ones, Michael Ignew's name absolutely showed up under Kyle Pitts, like you said. Um, you you spoke that one into existence. So uh, oh, yeah, we'll, let, we'll let the Wolves come after you. And then Jamar Chase. I mean, he had Clyde Gates. I don't know if you remember Clyde Gates. <laughs> yes, Clyde I Gates. in Miami. He did the hashtag BIM. Clyde, yeah, Clyde Gates was the number one comp to him. I think he was like 87% or something. And then underneath that, a little bit down the ways, was Chris Chambers. So, um, you know, Chris Chambers, I mean, that gives us a little bit of hope. And, again, these are comps. Um, You can't put too much stock in them, but I just thought it was hilarious that I, I saw Igno's name. And then even Clyde Gates, just knowing that he is like almost uh, – it's the Spider-Man meme there with uh, Jamar Chase. I don't know how to feel about all this, but I had to drop that before we got off the air. What was Clyde Gates? A, a third-round pick? I think it was a fourth-round pick. Yeah, yeah, no, it was him. There was Roberto Wallace, uh, and then there was another receiver. I can't remember who, though. Every year for like Almost Marlon Moore. Marlon Moore, Moore yes. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Those were the three where it was every year they're going to break out. It turned into Isaiah Ford. He was the next one. There's the Dolphins always seem to have these guys who they, uh, in terms of the athletic ability, is just incredibly off the charts, as you just mentioned. And then we're like, yep, next year's the year. These guys, these are going to be the gems in the fourth round. Uh, another thing, old man yelling at clouds real quick before we go. Uh, why are we still falling for the bait of 
talking about everyone who retires going into the Hall of Fame. Like, Julian Edelman going to the Hall of Fame. Seriously. Like, we all fall for this. It's one random guy who says it. And every single news station goes, well, it's it's dead. Everything's dead right now. This is our conversation for the week. Because what else do we have to talk about other than the ridiculous fact that Julian Edelman isn't going to go into the Hall of Fame? So stay, stay on top of this stuff. I mean, you know, whether it's a... a clickbait mock draft, whether it's a normal mock draft, like something like Schrager where you can kind of take something, uh, or one of these ridiculous conversations about the Hall of Fame, it is because we are in the worst part of the offseason. OTAs are nowhere in sight. Yes, we have the draft coming up, but those are rumors in itself. So breathe. Maybe maybe it's time to go watch some other sports outside of football because there, there's some uh, ridiculous stuff going on right now. I'm not sure if there really are any other sports outside of football, at least not that I, <laughs> Jack, not, yeah, not, not that I recognize, but yeah, Jake, I mean, we are definitely in that, that law of the off season. And at this point, you know, you can't believe anything that's, that's being said. So, um, uh, yeah, that's all, that's all I got. You got anything else you want to say? No, I think that's it. You know, a uh, little bit of a emotional show here, losing Brian, but I think he would have liked us, you know, yelling about Dalton's Twitter a little bit here. Um, like I said, we said at the top, we're going to include the link to his GoFundMe in this episode. Josh, you know, it was great being back. I hope everyone understands us taking a couple days off there. We'll come back at the end of the week. We recorded this one on Tuesday. We'll try to be in the studio again, either Friday and Saturday. And if you want to know the second we are back in the studio and that episode drops, be, for, be sure to hit that subscribe button, iTunes, Spotify, uh, hitting that button helps us out so, so much. And, you know, you get another podcast to listen to about your uh, beloved Miami Dolphins. That's all we have, Josh. You know, you take us out of here. Yeah, guys, uh, thanks you so much for listening. I'm going to end this with uh, what I wrote about Brian in the obituary. So, fins up, guys, and we'll talk to you next time. Fins up. I met Brian a few years ago through Dolphins Twitter, and we quickly became good friends. It honestly felt as though I had known him for years. We would talk about everything, from Tua Valoa and the Dolphins, to our families, children, and everything under the sun. Brian was always so kind and caring to me. He was a selfless person that would have handed you the shirt off his back. Figuratively, of course. We were family, and he always tried to push me to be the best person I could be. I may have never had the luxury of shaking his hand or celebrating a key Dolphins victory together at Hard Rock Stadium, but Brian Byrne left a lasting impression not only on my life, but the life of thousands of others. My thoughts and prayers go out to Brooke, Cece, and the rest of the Brian Burns family. Rest in peace, Brian Byrne. I love you. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins. Cause we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami.